Dave from Australia, from the palatial yet not overly ostentatious Bill Show Studios. It's time for the Bill Show Politics this week. And now, here are your hosts, Bill and Randy. Hello, Randy. Hey, Bill. Hey, Bill, guess what? Why? Guess what? Why? Do you, do you know what yesterday was? What was yesterday, Randy? The 14th of August. Yeah. Yeah. And? The 14th of August. And? And? Yeah. And that was the day Trump was supposed to be president again. Oh, all wrong. <laughs> oh, well, damn it. Jesus. Uh, uh, I missed it. I missed it. I was already I wanted to, I wanted I really wanted to see that you know the my pillow guy and Yeah, no. Uh, everything. Yeah, no. Oh it's, god. It's just yeah. ter- uh, what a waste. What a waste. You know, I'll tell you something. In comedy writing <laughs> comedy writing rooms Comedy writing rooms have been secretly praying for that to happen all over L.A. And when it didn't happen to, uh, today, they all went, oh, fuck. You know, because now we have to write jokes. No, they all came out. That you should see the memes. Everybody was saying, oh, I missed it. Did it happen? It's like, it's like, it's like an eclipse or something. Yeah, but the, the thing. Mind pit, the, <laughs> but the thing is, is that if you're, if you, uh, we need the. You didn't have to write jokes with Trump; they wrote themselves, <laughs> and they still do, and they still do. <laughs> but you know, I mean, uh, there are a lot of a lot of people in comedy. I'm sure that just miss him. Simply, <laughs> yes, it was apocalypse, but it was fucking funny. <laughs> Um, welcome to the Bill Show, ladies and gentlemen. We'll, we're, yes, uh, from the palatial yet ostentatious studios. Uh, studios, yeah, and my man cave, my man cave in Castlemaine. Castlemaine. Hey, hey, how's how are things up in Castlemaine? How's uh, how's good, how's your good. wife? How's your wife doing? Uh, my wife Helen. Yeah, she's uh, she teaches at different universities using Zoom. So, oh, she's doing uh, the Zoom class. We're locked down here. Well, he is, and I yeah. am. Yeah, uh, the, I'm in country Victoria. We're not uh, locked down. We still have uh, restrictions of uh, masks and yeah, yeah. Uh, we have to QR code everywhere so that you can be contra- contact traced. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in but Melbourne is still uh, locked down, um, which is the our capital city for our state. tighter than a bug's ass. I'll tell you that. It, well, it really the is. Ring of, they call it the Ring of Steel, and it's true. They, but I think people are now realizing that. You don't do it, you die. We're, we're having deaths. That's true. That's true. I like the way they called it that. I, I like Dan Andrews, our, 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 uh, our, not our prime minister, our uh, premier. Our premier, our premier, Dan Andrews, is like this bookish kind of guy. He's like Egon in the Ghostbusters. So he's a real yeah, nerd, right. right? But then he comes out with this thing like, it's a ring of steel. And suddenly he's yeah. like, He's like Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know? You have this little nerdy guy going, It's a ring of steel, and no one will pass. Get on a chopper now. <laughs> so. Did you see Arnold? Did you see Arnold get his vaccine? He says, Follow me if you want to live. Yes, follow me if you want to live. Uh, anyway, folks, we've been uh, I've been at home 
with my my uh, with my daughter, who's who's come to visit his, her old man from uh, from college. So that's that's really nice. But yeah. uh, and uh, and also Bernie Sanders, the and, socialist dog, and Bernie Sanders, the socialist dog, is sitting at my yeah. feet right now. So there's no better time, ladies and gentlemen, for us to launch into what we do here. It's been a couple of weeks, folks. Uh, let's find out what's been happening in American politics. Give me the news theme now. Yes, Randy, it's the Bill Show News. We got the music, ladies and gentlemen. It's all definitely happening right here at the zoo, ladies and gentlemen. And a lot has been happening in politics. Well, folks, I got to tell you, Randy, I was really, really uh, Andrew Como. What? What's going on? Oh. What's going on, man? Huh? Look, why? Why is it we expect, uh, uh, you know, Democrats to be Snow White? Uh, you know, well. occasionally uh, <laughs> look at a woman's boobs. Yet uh, Republicans go after sixteen-year-olds. <laughs> and um, well, I was, I was, you know, I was going to mention that. I was going to mention that. I mean, why? Why? Well, Cuomo didn't do anything. No, well, no, 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 no. I think he got his hand in the cookie jar. Let me, let me say this. Uh, it was 12 months ago since Andrew Cuomo was the demo, the dreamboat for American Democrats, Randy. During a time when, pe- yeah. when people were dropping dead all over the country and the country's leader was advising us to pump kitchen disinfectant into grandma <laughs> and shine, shine an ultraviolet flashlight up her ass, Andrew Cuomo was the sane voice of reason. And you know something, Randy? He even had a friend. Yeah. He had family arguments on CNN about exactly how popular he was. Have a listen to this. Are you thinking about running for president? Tell the audience. No. No. No, you won't answer? No, I answered. The answer is no. No, you're not thinking about it? Sometimes it's one word. I said no. Have you thought about it? No. Are you open to thinking about it? No. Might you think about it at some point? No. How can you know what you might think about at some point right now? Because I know what I might think about. And what, and what I'm thinking about is my secretary. <laughs> Unfortunately. No. no. <laughs> yes, Como, who was the Democratic dreamboat for presidency, who had an active argument with his brother on CNN on how popular he was and how he's going to be president just a year ago, uh, has quickly turned into a rocking... He was he was the dreamboat, and now he's turned into the rocking, blubbering motorboat driven by your uncle, Italian uncle, touchy feely. <laughs> Suddenly, it's like your favorite boyfriend got caught cruising for chicks with Ray Liotta, Tony Soprano at the butt of Bing. Liberals and Democrats are crestfallen that their shining knight has succumbed to what we in the Democratic Party like to call Clintonitis. <laughs> Formerly called Kennedyitis, formerly called Anthony Weineritis, or what John Oliver politely called in relation to Anthony Weiner, Carlos Danger. 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 But I'll miss you most of all, Carlos Danger. 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 Uh. <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's no longer Carlos Danger, it's Governor Danger. 
Uh, yes, so the New York governor has gone all Carlos Danger and has had to resign. I, I, you know, by the way, it, I just put that in there because I this is a podcast and I get to do whatever I want. Yeah, it's your show. It says the Bill Show right on the label, yeah. It's Carlos Danger. However, there are a few things that Bill's show would like to clarify about this. First, yeah, let me hear. Yeah, you ready? Because now we're getting serious. All right, here we go. First, it is completely within our capacity as thinking humanoids to understand that Como was a truly comforting and sane voice at a time when we elected a dancing, retarded circus chimp to be president of the United States. We also can acknowledge that that same human being can act like an astounding, narcissistic, sexist creep. It's practically a Democratic Party. Historical rule. You know the rule. Ted Kennedy, great senator, bad date. <laughs> so what yeah. I'm trying to say is, um, but then I heard, what I'm trying to say is that I heard someone say uh, the other day, uh, see, they talk about Trump having affairs. And yeah. I actually heard this. I actually heard this. And they said, "Yeah, grab them by the pussy." Yeah, 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 they're all the same. They're all the same. They're all the same. I heard someone say that after Como and use that as a reason to say they're all the same. And I corrected him. I said, "No, there is a difference. Whereas Republicans molest women, you give them nuclear codes, and you elect them president. We remove them. They resign." Just ask Al Franken, who actually was forced out of his job because he once was a stand-up comic in a USO show before he was senator. Now there is yeah, like Saint Bob Hope. Yeah. And there is also something I'd like to point out here, and this is not a defense for sexual inappropriate conduct. Anyone who does what Como did in the workplace should be investigated, and if found guilty, removed. But I would like to point out. That when a Democrat usually gets sprung for this type of thing, it's usually with a woman. It doesn't involve urine. <laughs> and unlike or Republicans, children. it usually doesn't involve a minor. For Christ's sake, between Trump, gets Roy Moore, Jim, I'm your wrestling coach, Jordan, frat boy, I like beer, Brett Kavanaugh, and the constant stream of conservative evangelists that get caught stooping everything from the parishioners, their relatives, and the odd gay relationship with a passing moose. It's amazing Republicans have the time to be corrupt. I mean, they're multitasking like crazy. So if you're a Republican, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but maybe the most important thing is that while all major news outlets were bloviating with virtue signaling for the entire news cycle, there was this little unimportant story. I'm telling you, Randy, it was just a little unimportant story. How little was it, Bill? It, it, Bill, was, so, was, it? was so unimportant. Thank you, Ed little, McMahon. Little, how unimportant was it? Uh, it was just a little unimportant story that slipped in between the sanctimonious bullshit of politicians outraged over the mayor of New York making inappropriate comments to his staff and trying to get his knob polished. Here's uh. the story that was on for like three minutes on the news show that I watched in which the Como thing was covered for literally 10. This is that story. Roll the tape. 
a dire warning and a stark reality. Global temperatures will rise. It is unequivocal that human activity is driving this surge. The extremes we're now experiencing, fires, floods, droughts, and storms, will only intensify. That is all part of a landmark report by a team of more than 230 scientists convened by the UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. The western U.S. is sifting through the ashes of yet another catastrophic fire season, one that has only just begun. And today, climate scientists at the United Nations made it clear these extreme events are largely our doing. This independent report released by the U.N. is the starkest warning yet that the planet is warming to a dangerous degree. It affirms that our burning of coal, oil, and gas is accelerating climate change, and that climate change is behind many of these extreme weather events. The authors say these effects are happening far faster than predicted. Yes, while the polar ice caps melt and the world threatens to turn into a global crockpot that will turn our sons and daughters into melted cheese fondue, we, the responsible adults of our generation, prefer to chat about men and women's poopy parts and who's having an off with who. It fills you with such confidence. By the way, the collective will to do anything about the end of the world in 20 years seems to be waning. Though the Biden administration has managed to get a compromise on a trillion-dollar infrastructure package, the second part of the package, which, by the way, deals with this shit, deals with planetary apocalypse and not pork-barrel projects that politicians can claim credit for and occasionally the odd kickback. (laughs) I don't know if that happens. Are being slowly killed off by members of not the Republican Party, but the Democratic Party. Submitted for your approval, ladies and gentlemen. This came out during this week. Uh, This is from The Independent. Undercover investigation reveals ExxonMobil is working with Democrats to kneecap the Biden infrastructure bill. Knock me over with a feather. ExxonMobil is working to kneecap President (laughs) Joe Biden's landmark initiative to tackle the climate crisis, according to company executives captured on camera. That must have been uncomfortable. In an undercover investigation. <laughs> Over Zoom calls, Keith McCoy, senior representative for Satan, a senior lobbyist for the oil giant, told an undercover reporter with Greenpeace that it is using key Democrats to achieve its goal of weakening the American job plan and the faltering $973 billion bipartisan package, which faces a rocky road in Congress. Here's a bit of that report from All In with Chris Hayes. We are starting to get the death tolls from the record heat in the Pacific Northwest. Oregon health officials said more than 60 deaths have been tied to the heat. In Washington, more than 20 deaths have been linked to the heat. The town of Lytton in British Columbia, the one that set the all-time record high for Canada of 121 degrees on Tuesday, burst into flames yesterday, had to be evacuated, and is now reduced entirely to ash. It basically doesn't exist anymore. The forest fires got so intense, the heat itself set off clouds that made their own weather events. You look at this, two things to keep in mind. One is that right now, there's a fight in Washington, D.C. over infrastructure legislation, with a bipartisan group of senators having struck a deal that cuts out nearly all of the ambitious climate investments and regulation of the initial Biden plan. Number two, when you look at Canada literally burning, 
people dying and the climate investments being cut out of the bipartisan deal, a big part of the reason for all of this, a huge part, is the tireless work over decades of fossil fuel companies like ExxonMobil to pollute the planet while making billions of dollars and making sure no one can stop them. And one of the chief ways they do that is through lobbyists. They hire professionals in suits who lend their talents to an enterprise that has gotten and will get many, many, many people killed. That's what it's doing. Now we have rare video of what that looks like when they think no one's listening. In a sting set up by Greenpeace UK, members posed as recruitment consultants looking to hire a Washington lobbyist for a major client. Then they set up a Zoom call with senior Exxon lobbyist Keith McCoy. Britain's Channel 4 News recreated that call with the original footage. Here's just part of their report. We're playing defense because then President Biden's talking about this big infrastructure package and he's going to pay for it by increasing corporate taxes. Who's the crucial guys for you? Well, Senator Capito, who's the ranking member of Environment and Public Works, Joe Manchin, I talk to his office every week, and he is the kingmaker uh, on this because he's a Democrat from West Virginia, which is a very conservative state, and he's not shy about sort of staking his claim early yeah. and completely changing the debate. So on the Democrat side, we look for the moderates on these issues. So it's the Manchins, it's the cinemas, it's the testers. Yeah, that's right, lobbyists. They work for Satan. And guess who they're talking to? They're talking to Democrats. <laughs> yes, the people who are going to skull fuck your planet and your children aren't necessarily Republicans. It's actually the moderate Democrats that are holding the knife, waiting to stick it in the back of our only chance in decades to save the earth from turning into a fucking Roland Emmerich film. Now, how do I know that moderates like coal company owner Joe, trust me, I just want bipartisanship mentioned in the party. You're setting it up to torpedo the climate change? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Joe. Look, this is a canny strategy, and I think I figured it out in my little, my little apartment down here with my tinfoil hat on. So ignore the fact that I'm wearing a tinfoil hat and that Randy and I make fart jokes, and just go with me on this, all right? Ready? Okay. Every politician wants infrastructure giveaways. But voting for that climate change legislation is going to get in the way of all that sweet fossil fuel campaign lobbyist cash. Now, maybe even if you don't take fossil fuel money, eh, there are ways in which dark money can flow ever since the Supreme Court decided that corporations were people. And that's a shitload of money. So what's a shifty bot politician going to do on the Democratic side? Well, imagine that the legislation is like a dinner that mom serves you when you're 10. You want dessert, which is all that great infrastructure cash that you can just throw around to private companies. You love dessert, but you don't want to eat your veggies. And your veggies are saving the planet and child care and medical care and all that shit, you know, that the lefties yeah, the like. Shit, yeah. Well, here's what that you do, shit. folks. If you want to get that happening, this is what you do. You separate what you don't want to eat from that yummy dessert full of infrastructure dollars that you can sprinkle around to private interests who will reward you handsomely. Well, that's what congressmen and senators like Manchin did when they refused to kill the filibuster. 
They went on and on about the spirit of bipartisanship, like they haven't lived in the real world of Washington since 1982. (laughs) There was no bloody hope of bipartisanship. They just wanted to separate that nasty climate change shit from the dessert that they all want. It will be easier to kill it when it's alone. Step two, item two, and this happened. Progressives have been screwed this way legislatively for years. So they saw through this bullshit. AOC specifically made a speech on it. And they got Nancy Pelosi to pledge not to pass the infrastructure, we'll just call it dessert, until climate change legislation is included. This is when the moderates made a move that showed their hand. That from the very beginning, contrary to what they say, and they're lying... They have no intention of pissing off their friends at Exxon and supporting a serious effort to support climate change. They only want dessert and have no intention of eating their veggies. And this is how I know they're full of shit. This week, nine moderate House Democrats told Nancy Pelosi, this is a Washington Post, on Friday that they will not vote for a budget resolution meant to pave the way for the passage of the $3.5 trillion social policy package later this year until a Senate-approved infrastructure bill passes the House and is signed into law. Otherwise, allow me to have dessert and eat my veggies. Let me have the infrastructure cash and I'll consider saving the planet. Now, if you really had an intention of considering climate change, you wouldn't have a problem with being included in the infrastructure. It has been their plan all along to kill climate change. And you know something? These weasels are worse than Republicans. They know the consequences of inaction. They aren't like the lobotomized GOP who have convinced themselves that climate change is a hoax and conspiracy put together by Hillary Clinton, CNN, China, and a, I don't know, fuck it, a jar of mayonnaise. They know the truth, and they are willing to sell out your children and the planet Earth for cash. This makes me mad. But, you know, we try to be positive over here, however... There's just sometimes when reality gets in the way. And we want to believe that Democrats want to save the planet. But all this factual evidence is slowly getting in the way. Like this story from The Guardian I read this week. Here it is. Some signs from Biden, the candidate, last year were encouraging. His promise to ban new drilling and fracking on federal lands, an action that would have been simple, a decisive first step in curtailing new fossil fuel extraction. He was unequivocal when he ran for president. No more drilling on federal lands, period, 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 period. In this article from The Guardian, Randy, I'll quote it. Yet since taking office, Biden's Interior Department has approved more than 2,000 new permits for drilling and fracking on federal land. In May, it appealed a federal court order that had paused fracking in Wayne National Forest. In June, it advanced a proposal for new oil and gas exploration at Dinosaur National Monument, a proposal the Trump administration had actually suspended under immense pressure from progressive activists. (laughs) Now, from the shocking approval of Trump's, I mean, he has approved Trump's plan to open Alaska's North Slope to new oil drilling 
He's approved the infamous Line 3 tar sands oil pipeline at precisely the moment when we must forcefully reject new drilling, fracking, and pipeline infrastructure. Biden isn't just tolerating fossil fuels. His policies and what he's doing is uplifting them. Now, similarly, the administration, and this is going on in the article, consistently boosts carbon capture as a climate solution, despite abundant evidence that it is absurdly inefficient. Yeah, I know. We're going to bury the carbon. And by the way, that has been pushed by the fucking fossil fuel industry. And it has never been efficient and has never fucking worked. Oh, let me get back to it. Um, Jesus. Uh, Simply, the administration consistently boosts carbon capture as a climate solution. Existing carbon capture projects cost millions of dollars without removing a significant amount of uh, of emitted carbon anywhere. And that's science. They haven't been able to do it. Furthermore, carbon capture serves as a boon to guess who? Would that be the oil companies? I'll bet it is. Would that be the reason there for it? I don't know, Randy. Is that a dick up my ass? That's it. Is that a dick up my ass? I'm feeling a dick up my ass, Randy. (sighs) Capture serves a boon to the oil and gas industry. The U.S. Secretary General, uh, U.S. Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm recently went so far as to boast it would facilitate an increase in fossil fuel production. This is the U.S. Energy Secretary under Biden. So billions of dollars in new subsidies will go towards propping up a failed experiment in a faulty corporate-friendly policy that will give Exxon even more money. Yes, the Biden administration on the environment is like a sweet-talking Lothario. He says all the right things, but you're pretty sure there's more of a possibility that he's going to fuck you in the ass. He may be fucking you up the ass. (laughs) By the way, can I just say that the American people aren't demanding it either. Because evidently... Their entire West being on fire and hurricanes every fucking second minute in the last couple of years hasn't bothered that many people. This no, is, of course not. This is a survey from the Morning Consult. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, Morning Consult data shows that the alarm over climate change and natural disasters, this, this is what they did. Uh, this came out after the, the findings from the U.N., uh, data shows that the U.S. public has not increased uh, uh, concern in the U.S. public has not increased surveys conducted May through early August show that the share of adults who say they are very concerned about climate change has largely remained the same even while your fucking forests are burning fluctuating between 38 and 42 percent similarly the group that says that they're not concerned at all <laughs> has hovered between 10 and 4, 10% and 4 so. Not very concerned at all. The share of Democrats who are very concerned about climate change has settled in the range between 57 and 66% since May, while that of Republicans has remained between 16 and 22% in the same period. Now, these demographics have margins of error of three to four points, respectively. Now, the truth is, when someone sits there at after this UN climate warning 
and says that they're only somewhat concerned or not very concerned. I just thought to myself, it's kind of like the movie The Towering Inferno. What were those in an actual disaster movie? Would Paul Newman and Steve McQueen be running around saving Britain and have two or three people not very concerned? <laughs> They're just loafing around. Well, the fire's on 30 and we're on 35. I think yeah, we'll be fine. Okay, yeah. What happened recently? Oh, Robert Vaughn fell out of the building. <laughs> Richard Chamberlain's dead. But don't worry. Things are going to be fine. <laughs> you know? It really is that crazy that we don't care. We just don't care. And the reason these people don't actually act or Biden feels pressure to act is because the American people, evidently, it's not a priority. But it better well, start no, they being can't, a priority. They can't see it. They can't touch it. They can't see it. They can't touch it. But here's it's the frustrating thing. Here's the frustrating thing. You know what the frustrating thing is, Randy? And I'll yeah, tell you, be, because why not? Uh, the frustrating thing is... It's a rhetorical is, question. Yeah, go on. It's so easy to listen to uh, climate change and just get so demoralized and so absolutely, you know, it's so big and so awful and, and just you can't deal with it. It's existential and just paralyzes you. But the yeah. truth is very simple. And here's the truth from this guy with the fucking aluminum foil hat on his head with the fart cushion. Trust me. I'm an yeah. American. Mm -hmm. I know what I'm talking about. Come in closer to the radio, kids. We have yeah. the technology to fix this. It's not like we're being caught with this problem 100 years ago. We have actually got, sitting with us right now, all the technology we need to solve this problem. It's not like this problem can't be solved. That's the thing. We can do this. There, there, and by the way, you know, predictions have said, look, we're going to have to stop growing. The, you know, we can't expand forever. We can't have total economic growth all the time. And there will be a slowdown as there is a conversion from fossil fuels to renewable energy. But once we tap a renewable energy, there is going to be unlimited energy and growth. And I'm talking outer space, dude. We're talking new forms of energy we haven't even thought of yet. But solar energy alone could power every city. The revolution in batteries, look, we can do this. It's just a choice between greed and ignorance and and life, you know, because this isn't a, a Republican Democrat issue. It's not a political issue. If we don't do it in twenty years, we're gonna die. And I, oh, we're all gonna die. No, I'm talking big fucking Roland Emmerich fucking shit. I'm talking about no potable water, no arable land, immigration, and and uh, you know refugee crisis that make look what we're doing and nothing. People are going to die on a massive scale, and it's already started. But the good news is we can fix it, and we can, and we do have the technology to do it. It's just the will to do it. I've said That's my right. piece. <laughs>
Bill, that was <laughs> that actually, wasn't even. I, I'm, yeah, that, that wasn't was even funny, Bill. <laughs> but no, the point is, Willie, Willie, you're absolutely right. I can't tell you how, but see, it's a hip pocket nerve. Mm. The hip pocket nerve is not going to put people in an electric car. It's not going to put solar on their roofs. They're saying, my petrol just went from $2.80 yeah, to $3.20 a gallon, a uh, U.S. gallon. And I don't like that. And it's Joe Biden's fault. Well, it's not. It's well, Donald not. Trump's fault. But the point is, is that that's their focus. Hmm. It is so short term and it is so personal that they are not worried about, um, well, geez, you know, if I drove an electric car, hmm. it's going to be expensive for a little while. Yeah, it will. But you know what? Then I don't, I, it's going to be great. And when there's those- not a lot of repair. You know, it's like, but the, the point is, is that they've got to bite the bullet. They've got to tax the, the rich. Like Eisenhower did yeah. in order to build the I highways and stuff. Yeah, that's infrastructure. That's mm-hmm. what they have to do again. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, it, and why am I lecturing this when we have we're conservative idiots in this country who are just as bad? Why well, is it they important? Have, they have, they're that, why, coal, coal dust in the, why the coal is, dust in their pockets. Yeah. Why is it important for America to do this? Because America is the indispensable country. America can force their allies into something. America has that much dominance, that much leadership that they could even drag China to the table. But without America, we're fucked. We are just simply fucked. And the fucking Russians aren't going to do anything. No. You think the fucking Russians who make 90% of their money from fossil fuels are going to be can't putting their hand up to save the planet? No. It's got to be America. And that's why what you, know you what? do affects the Russians- us. The Good. Russians want the polarized captive belt because then they can sail their boats all the way to the Atlantic. I know, I know. The Russians are actually making, they wanted to make deals with Rex Tillerson in the last administration because yeah. climate change is melting the ice there, right? So, That's you know, great. The, the first stage is a fucking oblivion. But what did they see? They saw an economic opportunity. No ice. Well, can drill more. <laughs> and we can burn more. And you're just going, uh. yeah, okay. Well, it's the 17th, ladies and gentlemen. It's a couple of days later. Uh, and a couple of days, yeah, 17th of August. 17th of August. We, we were going to release. 2021. The, yeah, we were going to release this show. And then uh, I turned on this morning and. Um, I had to sit there and watch, uh, uh, first of all, Afghanistan, uh, Kabul fell to the Taliban today, yeah. and our screens are, are, are full of, of God, first of all, God knows what's going to happen to the poor people there, and it makes me very upset that especially the, um, the women who are going to be subjected to what, you know, this... Uh, this 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 terrible cult. You know, we talked about the right wing in America being a cult. Well, that's nothing compared to the cult that's in charge of Afghanistan right now. But the the reason I wanted to really put this in the show is this morning I sat there watching. You know, the show that I watch because I hate my own head, and I had to. Oh, s- not Joe. Yeah, morning Joe. Not Joe. Oh, no. And I saw probably the most disgusting. You know the thing about America? America has no memory. America has no memory. And conservatives and Republicans are very good at conning Americans into believing and gaslighting them into believing 
um, something that's not true because they have no memory. <laughs> so that's right. it is only in a country of amnesia could the daughter of Zvignu Brzezinski, the guy that originally armed the Taliban and the Carter administration, and <laughs> Liz Cheney, the person who actually did advocate us going into Afghanistan and not what we were there for in the first place. We were there in the first place to more or less just make sure that we got bin Laden and we made sure that they couldn't launch another 9-11 attack. Well, that changed. And I wrote this on my, uh, you know, I, I, I do have a Facebook page. I wrote it on the Facebook page in, in, in just listening to Liz Cheney and listening to Mika Brzezinski try to lay this entire fucking shit show on the doorstep of the yet another Democratic president who had to come in and clean up, you know, Republican shit. And this is what I wrote. I said, listening to Republicans this morning assaulting Biden for clearing, cleaning up yet another GOP war is making me nauseous. Afghanistan was always a con game for dollars, ladies and gentlemen. It was made permanent after 9-11 by Cheney and Bush in a military-industrial complex that made trillions and a corrupt Afghan puppet government that made a hobby out of funneling American aid into the pockets of tribal warlords and drug dealers. And anyone who sits there and, and looks at the stuff today and say, well, we're just surprised that it fell like Saigon. Of course it was going to fall like Saigon. Everyone knew it was going to fall like Saigon. These guys were only there and operating uh, as a government to con the American Defense Department. Well, it was a mutual boondoggle con job the entire war. Um they would, you know, they would funnel off American aid into their own private pockets. You had a lot of the uh, uh, the uh, uh, troops that were supposed to, you know, why don't those Iraqi, uh, those uh, Afghanistan, uh, Afghanistan troops, why don't they defend the country? Well, a lot of them haven't been paid, and a lot of them didn't have ammunition. You know why? Because their fucking government... <laughs> took everything but the kitchen sink, loaded it in the back of the truck, and took a fucking powder to the nearest fucking airport. And, and sold it somewhere else. And, and, and deposited all their good old American aid money that they've washed into their foreign bank accounts. Exactly. And, um, you know, I mean, the unending bullshit about spreading democracy... In, in Iraq was a con, in Vietnam it was a con, and it's a con here. Because uh, this was brought up by the Hudson Institute. I read this this morning. And he called Afghanistan exactly what it was. A con job. A financial con job. And if you think that... It has been for four or five hundred years. Yeah, but the, the, the American British, the involvement... Russians, everybody. I just want to talk about the American involvement here. We can go back about the history about yeah. Afghanistan. But the American involvement in Afghanistan in 2004, and I, I remember because I have memory because I worked for John Kerry. John Kerry said, it's not a place to invade. It's a police and intelligence problem and not a defense problem. And there was a reason it became the defense problem. 
And I want to just read you a little bit of this article that I saw, and it just basically said it. Um, it's part of a massive American boondoggle that feeds both the right and the left. The military and development aid community, or those people who bid on multi-million dollar U.S. aid contracts to build bridges, schools, and roads every time America goes into a country and blows it up. It's not a coincidence <laughs> that the Pentagon budget soared after 2001 to fund America's war on terror. So did the population of Metro Washington, D.C. area. In the last 15 years, the District of Columbia alone surged 100,000 residents in four decades high to a four decades high of 681,170. They came for the jobs and stayed when their jobs became permanent. Washington never faced the same financial crisis as the rest of the country because the rest of America was funding uh, Washington's growth. And that growth is thanks largely to the never-ending war in Afghanistan. For 16 years, both parties have been happy to wet their beaks in the trough of an unending military-industrial complex, and now Afghanistan is the new normal, a war of no strategic consequence waged in no small part to keep a small but influential constituency inside America, the military-industrial complex, employed, regardless of how many lives American and Afghan are sacrificed in the process. That is what real corruption looks like. Now, And British and, and Australian. Absolutely. Now you go back to the, the history that you're... Go ahead. No, no, no. Give, it, give us a little background on how successful uh, the West has been in taming Afghanistan in the past. Just the most recent round, mm. uh, a lot of British deaths uh, and a lot of Australian deaths. Mm. Um, the, uh, from 1980, the Russians, yep. to 1990... And then they got kicked out. Then the Taliban for 10 years. By the way, who financed and, then, and uh, created the um, Taliban? Who did that? Oh, the uh, Americans. Yeah, CIA. To fight, to, to, to fight the Russians. Yeah. <laughs> but it really, it really was not so much Jimmy Carter uh, as um, Ronald, the Ronald Reagan administration. The Reagan administration. started in 19... Yeah. Yeah, when, when uh, Russia invaded Afghanistan. Now, the, Russia... Britain and just about everybody else has been toing and froing in Afghanistan for four or five hundred years. Mm. Uh, Britain was there, and they started the huge opium thing. Uh, isn't it something like ninety percent of the world's opium comes from Afghanistan? Yep. Yeah. And everybody says, "Why didn't America just go and spray Agent Orange on it all?" Well, you couldn't because uh, then they would come and uh, uh, th there would be a real shitstorm if they tried to get rid of heroin, mm. so they just kept letting Americans and the rest of the world die of drug overdoses mm. uh, just to placate the Taliban, who ran the opium business, mm. and the rest of the Afghanis. And so Britain was there, and then they took all the opium to China and had the opium wars with China because they wanted to get all of them cooked on it. It's, it's just been a vicious, vicious, vicious shit fight in Afghanistan, and it... Uh, has it has affected nearly every uh, first world uh, power in the world. Yeah, um, that is. Uh, it's sad to say that America, I uh, saw that Australia has lost a lot of soldiers there and uh, spent uh, billions of dollars uh, supporting America, just as we did in Vietnam. Mm. The British uh, were there. Uh, I think you saw Harry uh, 
young Prince Harry was uh, stationed in Afghanistan for a year. I mean, uh, well, it's just an awful, awful place. Everybody should just stay away from it. Rudyard Nobody Kipling wanted. wrote poems about British men yeah. dying in Afghanistan. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, the the idea that I heard today, which was that, uh, oh, it's just disgraceful and it, it's Biden's shame. No, 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 no. No, it's not. What the fuck? He's executing a policy that actually was a treaty that Republicans made. Yeah. And I had to and, sit. And the, the, schedule, the schedule for withdrawal started with Trump. Absolutely. And you know something? 77% of the American people want to get out of that fucking freak show. Because the whole thing has been a con be job from day one, and it has cost the lives of countless people, both Afghani and uh, uh, American. And in 2004, when Kerry ran for president, he had the right idea. He sat there and said, it's a police issue. The, the By the way, the 9-11 hijackers didn't make their plans in Afghanistan. They made them in Belgium. No. They made them in Western Europe. But, yeah, and, and Osama bin Laden and all of the bombers were all Saudis. Saudis. All Saudis. Nobody's ever, nobody's ever uh, had a go at that. Yeah. I mean, George Bush must be sitting... No, th- nobody would dare. Yeah, but George Bush must be sitting there in his den, painting his fucking feet and, you know, choking on pretzels down in Texas. He must be laughing his ass off. Because here's Joe Biden... Who stabilized a fucking epidemic, brought the economy back from the death, is now being saddled with being uh, a shame. It's a shame. And to have, you know, Zvignu Brzezinski's daughter, the guy who started this fuckface shit show to begin with, after Reagan, who financed and mutated these fucking maniacs for our own purposes against the Russians in you know in the late 80s to have his daughter stand there on NBC and throw shade and bullshit at Joe Biden as being a shame for the fucking country well please ladies and gentlemen there's only so much bullshit in which I will listen to in the morning And you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's it, yeah. Go ahead. It's better than a, it's better than an enema and a hot drink. Yes. <laughs> to get you, to get your bowels moving. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I'm sitting there listening to this shit. I cannot believe it. And then they get Liz Cheney, and I'm like, you're going to get a Cheney on to throw shade at Democrats about a war in Afghanistan? Fuck you, <laughs> God. But uh, the the end result is exactly what we knew it was going to be. It was going to collapse. Everyone knew it was going to collapse. And the the, the absolute uh, credit for this terrible, terrible war should land on where it belongs. And that is not on Joe Biden. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Sorry. And uh, watching these people who... And you'll, you'll get Americans going, well, that's right. What they say is right. Well, open a history book. Because this is a war of empire. This is this is had nothing to do about teaching women how to fucking write. No one gave a shit about hu- human rights. Trust me. Yeah. This was a war of empire. What Gore Vidal said: the American Empire, and, and British Empire did it. The Russian Empire did it, and then we did it. And as usual, in all of those situations, we took a whole lot of people f- from foreign lands with us into hell. And, yep. and the only people that made off well was the military-industrial complex 
in America. You know who got most of the money? Yeah. You know who got most of the money in 1980 to fight the Russians? A little, a little warlord named Osama bin Laden. Yeah. He was America's best he was, friend. He was our CIA guy. It was our best friend, and we gave him shitloads of sure. money and shitloads of weapons to shoot down the Russians and kill all the Russians. Yeah. And they were suffering just as bad, or if not worse, yeah. than we were in, in Vietnam. That, uh, Afghanistan was Russia's Vietnam, even though they were in Vietnam as well. Well, we wanted that was their we, Vietnam. We wanted, we yeah. engineered that. We wanted it to yeah. be Russia's Vietnam. And we made it as uh, just the same so way. Sad. Uh, just the same way Russia and China financed the Viet Cong, we financed the Taliban. Yeah, and then and then and then we had the the goal to boycott the Moscow Olympics, which just added insult to injury. Yeah. We we should have gone there and said, look. We're with you in, in all of this, but we thought, oh, you're so, you're aggressive. You're so aggressive. Oh, and, uh, and yeah. you know, we're so offended. We're going to boycott your Olympics. Yeah, I know. And Australia sort of did and didn't. We had athletes go there. Yeah. But uh, officially the government line was uh, we boycotted it. But it was just so sad because it was a good Olympics. It was the, the sort of the, the yeah I remember the, the last uh, the, it was the last uh, mm. uh, of the Soviet Union mm. Olympics. Yeah. After that, uh, it became the Russian Federation. I know. Um, so uh, yeah, it, a lot of sad things happened on both sides. Mm. But I, I think that it's very 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 important that we not allow um, the perpetrators of this. Heinous war. To say it was a democratic thing, yeah. Well, it wasn't. It's not a democratic thing. It wasn't. It wasn't started under a democratic. It president. wasn't. I'm saying, but that's what they're saying. Yeah, I know. Uh, you know, he's he's in the White House now, so it's got to be his. Oh fault. yeah, I know. I know. It's just I, I, I'm sitting there. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting there. Does anyone read a book? I mean, for fuck's sake! And you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm going. You know, it is a country of the United States of amnesia. They have no fucking idea. And I'm listening to yeah, these. They don't, they, and you know what's... How they forget. They forget. You know what's fucking pissed off is that you're listening to all these generals who've been making off like bandits and uh, representing, uh, you know, military interests. I mean, Lockheed, Boeing, all these huge multinational corporations that made billions of dollars off the extended war in Afghanistan. We were never going to exactly. win in Afghanistan. That war was extended to make money for arms merchants and the military-industrial complex in the Pentagon. And they were the only ones that continually said, said, oh, we can win it. Yeah, well, there's a reason for that, because we're talking money. So not only did the American yeah. gov- the, the, the American military industrial complex make money off this con job, but the the you know the uh, the CIA backed you know tribal warlords who we put in charge, you know, this is what I find hysterical is that these guys are saying, Well, we gave them all this money, we expected them to defend their country. What are you talking about? <laughs> Oh, anyway, anyway, this is a sad time for America. This is not a funny bit of my show. I'm sorry. Just got pissed uh, off. Hey, listen, we're going to be back in a moment. Randy, you got some stuff you want to bring to the table today. and uh, I do, I do. And then we're going to finally post show 279. So we'll be back with you in just one 
minute. In these difficult times, uh, as we sit helplessly by and watch the world slip slowly down around our ankles, it's, uh, it's comforting to realize that no matter how great the crisis, the United States always has its ultimate instrument of diplomacy to rely on, and that is the United States Marines. Here's a song about that. <laughs> makes a move of which we don't approve who is it that always intervenes un and oas they have their place i guess but first send the marines we'll send them all we've got john wayne and randolph scott remember those exciting fighting scenes to the shores of tripoli but not to mississippi what do we do we send the marines for might makes right until they've seen the light they've got to be protected all their rights respected till somebody we like can be elected members of the corps all hate the thought of war they'd rather kill them off by peaceful means stop calling it aggression Ooh, we hate that expression we only want the world to know that we support the status quo they love us everywhere we go so when in doubt send the marines I'd like to dedicate that song to President Johnson, who, uh, who unfortunately could not be with us tonight. <laughs> Time to keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times because it's time once again for Randy's Rant. Uh, it's rent time, Randy. <laughs> oh. Bump and gr- bump and grind. It just- it- you know, it's like Gypsy Rose Lee. I, I'm just Gypsy Randy. You're Gypsy Randy. You have you have you have uh, yeah. cellulite and muscles where. Let me entertain you. <laughs> Let me make you smile. Uh, uh, Let me do some a few tricks, some old and then some new tricks. I'm very versatile. Thank you very much, Randy. I I, I don't know why that yeah. arouses me. All right, so. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, it's... be good, I'll make it, you feel good. Yeah, yeah. Calm sorry, down, Big Telly. Uh, it's time for Randy's rant. Randy, what do you got? <laughs> it is, too. I'm ranting. And you know, my best friend, who is also... Uh, is uh, Marjorie Taylor Green. Marjorie Taylor Green. Well, let's not call her that. <laughs> MGT. Yeah. All right? Now, she has been banned. Let me say this again. She has been banned for the third time this uh, year... Uh, mm. her first year in Congress, mm. uh, for spreading misinformation about COVID-19 vaccines. Yeah. <laughs> so she's been banned from social media three times. Yeah. According to Twitter, if she tweets lethal misinformation one more time, <laughs> the next suspension will be permanent. One more time, Lucy, and then so, you got splaining yeah, to do. If, <laughs> I, think, I think Twitter's being extremely generous, yeah. giving Green so many chances. Yeah. 
but we're grateful that they're strictly enforcing their own policy, and finally someone is holding her accountable. Now, as you know, mm -hmm. when Marjorie lies, Americans die. It's true. Uh, she is still doing the whole Trump routine. Mm. Uh, COVID cases and deaths are back on the rise yeah. in America because of the anti-vax information that Green and many of the other members uh, of the uh, 147 conservative people in Congress like to spread. Mm. Yeah. The death toll from the big lie she spouted on Trump's behalf that led to the uh, January 6th insurrection rose again last week when two police officers who defended the Capitol committed suicide. Yeah. Now, we need to call this woman out every chance we get. MGT is... Uh, I th she's just obnoxious. I think we do, but I, I think she's kind of... Uh, it's no trick calling her out. I think what you really also have to call out is the fact that the people behind her, you know, the the, the people that, well, you know, the Rupert Murdochs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, go on, say it. Say yeah, it. I mean, she's she's a uh, she's she's a huckster. She's a grifter. We were talking about the Iraq War. Yeah. We were talking about the Iraq War being a, basically a grift. The whole thing was a grift to make money. That's what this whole yeah. thing is. Uh, you know, the the for her. Yeah, yeah, I mean, she's saying this shit to make money. It's a grift. You know, and that's so sad because she. Uh, there are people that are 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 the anti-maskers mm -hmm. are causing people to get sick and die. But they they on, also on, on on social media. There was a guy on social media saying his last words. Yeah. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. he was an anti-vaxer, mm -hmm. and he got COVID, and he says, "I'm not feeling very well." And the next thing it came up, he was. But dead. the truth is, is that. You know, I mean, uh, people like Marjorie Taylor Greene say these outrageous things on the Internet because every time they say something like this, every time they say something that, that is actually physically dangerous, they make money. They get contributors yeah. to open up their... They, and that's the only reason that they say it. I don't think Marjorie Taylor... I don't, I don't think she believes half of this shit. I don't think half the Republicans believe this shit. They're grifters. Not and this is a money-making um, business of of being more and more outrageous for the for the for the right, who has set up this kind of cottage operation in which they sell um, their books and everything to these rabid right-wing yeah. conservatives, all given to them by Rupert Murdoch, and it's a grift. And now that and now that uh, Rush Limbaugh and uh, all of those are all off the air and dead, yeah. Uh, she's kind of filled that vacuum. Yeah, well, I, th I always think she's as the, per as the, as the mouthpiece. I think she's to. Bachman again. You know, I really do. I think she's just Bachman. Yeah. Again. You know, she's the cat lady Bachman. Without the corn dog. Without the without corn dog. The yeah. corn dog. <laughs> yeah. Now I'd like to play a clip. There's a a, a great chap named uh, Farron Cousins mm. who does a a, a a a spot on the internet, a regular spot, right. uh, and he sometimes replaces. Uh, our other friend on um, um, the internet uh, stands in for him. So I would like uh, to play Farron Cousins uh, on his little bit of Marjorie Taylor Greene because he puts it so well. And he sounds, actually, he sounds like he was channeling you. Oh, do you think so? 
when he, I think so. I think he, I think he sounds just like an out of work actor likes, in Australia. Yeah. Anyway, he sometimes does the Pacman show, uh, but his show is called the ring of fire. I know you've listened to oh, it. Oh, I have listened to it. So, Good. uh, the, yeah, this is, this is fair on fair on cousins. I hope I'm pronouncing that. Okay. Right. From, uh, uh, with, uh, Marjorie Taylor green. I know. Republican Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene apparently doesn't think that the spike in COVID cases across the country are that big of a deal. So she went on Real America's Voice to tell us that, hey, you're all going to die anyway, so what's it really matter? Take a look at what Marjorie Taylor Greene had to say. Here it is. Um, But I've talked to local hospitals here in my district and here in my state. Yes, uh, the waiting rooms get full, but guess what? The waiting rooms are full um, of all kinds of things, not just COVID, some, you know, car accidents, trauma, uh, other illnesses, cancer, and so forth. Uh, but they're seeing about 30% of those numbers being COVID cases. So while the news tries to tell us the hospitals are slam packed with COVID, that's just not the case. Everyone needs to get back down, uh, back down to common sense and remember that, you know, we're human. We, we can't live forever. We are going to catch all kinds of diseases and illnesses and other viruses, and we get hurt sometimes. Well, you can't live forever, so screw it, right? You can't live forever, so why bother wearing seatbelts? You can't live forever, so why bother undergoing those cancer treatments? You can't live forever, so go ahead, chug a six-pack, get behind the wheel, right? No! We can do all kinds of things to make sure that we don't die before we need to, Marjorie. That's the whole point of all of this. We can't live forever. So we have to take the precautions. We have to take care of ourselves and everyone else around us because we are not immortal. You accidentally made the opposite point you were trying to make with your idiotic diatribe there. And let's talk about the hospital point she brings up, right? The waiting rooms. You're a moron. If you really think that the problem with hospitals being overcrowded is just that people are stuffed into waiting rooms waiting to get back. That's not what's happening, Marjorie. What's actually happening is that hospitals don't have any beds available. Hell, right here in my district, Matt Gates's district, by the way, um, there's a nurse shortage. So, you know, we have that as well. The only hospital in my hometown here uh, got word yesterday. They're at capacity, turning people away at the emergency room. And that's what it is. It's being at capacity, physically not being able to take another person in there. It's not overcrowded waiting rooms making you have to sit there a little longer. And so what that means, Marjorie, is that the other people who go to the emergency room, maybe it's a broken arm. Maybe it's, you know, kidney stones. Maybe it's appendicitis. Who knows what it is? Maybe it's a freaking heart attack. And the hospitals are having to tell these people, I, I'm, I'm so sorry. I know time's a factor on your case here, but uh, we're full. We can't take you. Hope you can make it to another hospital 30 miles away, 20 miles away, even 10 miles away before that heart attack gets you or before your appendix totally bursts or before that stingray sting. Cause again, I'm down here in Florida where the hospitals are full. Hopefully, you know, you don't get too, too bad from that or the snake bite. Hopefully you get the antivenom in time. And yes, by the way, those are things that happen on a near daily basis down here. 
But Marjorie Taylor Greene is just oblivious to this because she has to sell her talking points. She has to go out there and convince her little tribe that everything's okay and that you don't have anything to worry about. And hell, even if you do, oh, well, you're not going to live forever anyway. Yeah, I, th I think it was the great Albert Schweitzer who said that to a patient. Then <laughs> <laughs> you're going to die yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah. Who cares if it's from the CT fly or what? If know? it was her, I wouldn't lose much sleep. And by the way, I listened to her. No, I, I listened to her, Randy. You know when I said that she, 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 she doesn't believe this stuff? I don't know. I think she may be a total fucking asswipe moron, complete. But... Um, She's definitely making money off of it, you know. Somewhere, Look for the yeah. money; it's always the money with these chumps. Yeah, follow the you money. follow the money. How do people? How do these politicians who make one hundred and four thousand dollars a year become multi multi millionaires? Well, Harry, like your friend Mitch McConnell, how does he ha do it? How do well, I can tell you. Where did it come from? I can from? tell you how Mitch McConnell did it. Russia decided to put a you know, R Russian money has been flowing into Kentucky like it's going out of style. By the way. You know, I. And, what is it? Commissions or something? Does he get commissions? What, what, well, not to mention, not to mention his wife, who's you know connected with the Chinese government up the up the key. She was secretary. She was a a, a cabinet secretary yeah. for a while. Chow, wasn't she? Louise Chow. Who, by the way, they may they may actually put you know. I mean, they were talking about uh, uh, charges for her. Because a, a lot of the Aww. conflict of interest shit that she'd been doing. I mean, it's always money with these Aww. cocksuckers. You know, uh, Harry Truman retired to his mother's house. Yeah. Uh, Grant didn't make any money till he sold his memoirs. And Harry Truman once said, if you get rich in politics, you're a crook. Well, we got a shitload of crooks. And yeah. uh, he paid his own way. He and, he and Best went home on the train. Yeah. Paid their own, paid their own cab to Union Station, and then uh, took the train to uh, yeah. uh, Independence, yes. Missouri, uh, and paid for it I himself. Know. Yep, and lived on his soldier's pension. And it wasn't until uh, I think it was Kennedy who uh, gave him a, a presidential pension. That's right. People did live like that. People, people of honor, mm. did live like that. They viewed it as public service. It's public service. They saw public service. Yeah. yeah. And that now we live in a, a really we live in a government that's dominated by corruption. And that's right. you can tie that to the Afghan war. You can you can tie it to Marjorie Taylor Greene. You can tie it to the dark money that's going to be flowing uh, from the uh, multinational corporations like Exxon into the coffers of these people who are going to be, in effect, bribing, uh, you know, congressmen and senators to not make a stand against climate change. It's money. And they don't give a yeah. fuck who dies. And by the way, this is not just a Republican problem. It's a Democratic problem. It's just the Republicans. It's an American it's problem. It's an American yeah, problem. It's an everything problem. But the Democrats, by the way, there, there are people in the Democratic Party who actually like Bernie Sanders and like AOC, and a lot of, and actually some moderates as well, who have stood up for uh, cleaning this whole fuck, fucking situation up. But you're not going to find that at all in the Republican Party. But, um, no. you know, I mean, it's... It, it, you know, and the bullshit uh, that you hear to cover for the lies, you know, like uh, the bullshit that we're there to, you know, help women in Afghanistan, the bullshit that 
climate change isn't really real and the bullshit that it doesn't matter if you, you know, that that COVID isn't really that bad, and, you know. It's all bullshit. Bill, you're not going to live forever. You're not going to live forever. Yeah, right. You're going to die. Wait, anyway. Nobody gets out of here alive. <laughs> Jesus, demanding, aren't you? I'm sorry. What else you got, my pen? Let's lift the let's lift spirits. It's time to go. We've been over an hour. Yeah, I think it's about that time, ladies and gentlemen. We're finally going to get this mother out. Hey, listen, I want to thank everybody uh, out there. I want to thank uh, Sharon. Good to see you. I want to thank Claudia up in uh, in New Hampshire. I want to thank David this over like, in Massachusetts. This is like romper room, huh? It's like romper room. It is. Got I got my magic there. mirror. I can see. I can see. I can see Val and the Val's uh, out there, and <laughs> you know all of our guys. Gosh, we love you. This is show two seven nine, and uh, uh, we we we're sending out our love to each and every one of you, and thank you for listening. Thank to you, the listener, show. and um, I love you too, Randy. And if you're still here at the end of this, we really yeah, love that's you. Right. <laughs> we'll see you next time, guys. So long. Love you. Bye bye. See ya. Bye. Bye.